welcome to the star's turn cosmos and cards i am your host jay welcome back everybody thank you for being here it is always such a privilege to be invited into your little ear holes for podcast time for astrology time i don't know whatever you call it me time walking the dog time showering time. Anybody else listen to podcasts in the shower? I don't, but I know people who do. So I don't know if you're in the shower. Hey, what's up? Way to be getting clean or whatever. Okay. I find the openings of these podcasts so awkward. So there's a little behind the scenes. Now, as you will know from clicking on this episode, from seeing the title of this episode, possibly even reading the show notes of this episode before listening. I know you guys, you're smart. You know what's up. You get it. You see the title of something and you go, that's what I'm about to listen to. So there's no need for me to preamble about it, but I will. You have clicked on an episode all about the lunar cycle and the high priestess and some other tarot cards as well. So yes, I felt called to just chat about the moon a little bit for this episode. I didn't really feel like chatting about any current astrological goings on. And I've never really taken the opportunity to do like a full semi deep dive on the lunar cycle itself on the Tarot Coven cast. We did talk about the new moon and the full moon. And I've brought up the different phases in passing to do with like Um, dates on the wheel of the year or uh, like in the Libra episode when we talked about the fall equinox and how that might be connected to the final quarter in the or the or the the last quarter the third quarter whatever you might want to call it in the moon cycle but never never had a chance to just like chat about it in total so that's what I thought I would do now there are A lot of other people out there that definitely know more about the lunar cycle, they work more deeply with it. There are a ton of books out there. And so if you want to go and deepen your knowledge and understanding and connection to the lunar cycle, there are a ton of avenues to do so. I will have put some in the show notes, um, some recs that I have found really helpful in my own studies. This is kind of just like I said, it's a semi deep dive. So just want to put that out there. Now, the lunar cycle. If you're a total newbie, this is just the cycle that the moon goes through on a monthly basis. And it's not tied into the calendar month. So it's not like we get a new moon on the first of every month or anything like that. The moon works at its own pace, at its own rhythm. And really, like back in the day, the lunar cycle was this method of measuring time. The ancients would see the full moon in all of its glory and then understand how to count the days from there until the next full moon. And it was just easier to count either from like the full moon or the sort of waxing crescent, which is when, you know, just after a new moon, it was easiest to kind of count and you know, base time around that because you can't really see the moon at a new moon. It's just that with all of our technology, now we can figure out when the new moon is. And so typically that is what people see as the beginning of the cycle. Um, So yeah, so it is a method, it's a method of measuring time that stands outside of the, you know, typical 
traditional calendar style counting. And I think that the lunar cycle is a really lovely way of connecting back in with our own bodily rhythms. I have noticed that the more I follow the moon, the more I know about what's going on with my own body. And if you're unaware of this, the moon does mean a lot of things in astrology. I, I think the most mainstream things out there are like our feelings and our emotions and our sense of security. But the moon really is also about our body. It really relates to what's going on with our physical being. And I know there are some days every month, like let's say when the moon is meeting up with Mars, whether transiting or in my chart, that can be a little dicier for me. But then there are other days like when the moon meets up with Venus or Jupiter that are really lovely and, and feel good and might be a little indulgent or a lot indulgent. And then, you know, there are the days when the moon meets up with my natal moon and it's like a fresh start. So point being, yeah, I've just noticed that the more I pay attention to the moon, the better connected I am with my body. It's not a foolproof system, but it's helpful for sure. And what I love about the lunar cycle is that it's so forgiving. We get to try again and again and again. Like there's always another lunar cycle coming up where we can try again, try harder, try something new. It's just an ever present thing in our lives that we get to, you know, I always say like the getting in touch with the lunar cycle is such a great way to learn or it's such a good way to get into astrology because it's happening so well consistently and constantly that you're just kind of thrown in. It's almost like an immersion program. Like you get to know what it feels like when the moon is moving through different zodiac signs. So as it's moving through the different houses in your chart as well, and when it's making different aspects with certain planets, specifically with the sun, when we're talking about the lunar cycle, it's like kind of a crash course on stuff in astrology. So I love the lunar cycle. I fall in and out of really following it like super deeply. And I guess doing this episode was also a way for me to be like, it's time to really get back into it. So hopefully you'll come along for the journey with me. So when some people talk about the lunar cycle, they'll start by talking about the phase that's just before the new moon. But I kind of like to just start with the new moon. So there's kind of no right way, no wrong way to dive in. But I'm going to start with the new moon. And this is the beginning of a new cycle, of many new cycles, actually. It depends on how you look at it. Like it could be the new cycle for the lunar month, which is about 30-ish days. So from new moon to new moon, right? Uh, it could also be from new moon to full moon in the same sign. So for example, the new moon in Aries could be the beginning of a six-month cycle until the full moon in Aries. Or it could be from new moon to new moon in the same sign. So a year or about a year, right? So from a new moon in Aries to the next new moon in Aries. Uh, it could also be from modality to modality. So 
this would be the most obvious when we're moving from season to season. So like the Libra new moon that happens just after the initiation of fall until the Capricorn new moon, which happens just after the initiation of winter. So it's not even just the lunar cycle itself, like, you know, that new moon to the very next new moon, but it's initiating all of these different cycles for us. And we can choose to work with all of them, with one of them, with a couple of them. We can work with different ones each time something new comes around. Maybe we're looking at our chart and we can see that, you know, you're, let's say you're a Scorpio rising. Maybe the new moons in Scorpio and then the new moons and all of the other fixed signs are going to be the most important to you and your practice. It's really so open to interpretation in that way. And there's so many different ways to start a new cycle. It's really exciting, actually. So no matter what cycle you're choosing to follow or work with, it's a chance to set intentions for that cycle. Then that's what the new moon is, right? And it could be directed towards the sort of major themes of whatever zodiac sign the new moon is happening in. So, you know, we just talked about the Libra new moon. So maybe you're choosing to work with Libra themes in general, but then to personalize it, you could look to see what house Libra rules in your chart and the topics and relationships within that house and choose to set intentions and hopes and wishes around that part of your chart and to work with that energy moving forward. So if Libra happened to be, let's say, your second house of money and finances and possessions, you could be wanting to start a new cycle, start something fresh within that area of life. You know, you can really ask yourself, how would you like to change your experiences in that area of life? And I I don't really like to use the word like goals or accomplishments, at least in the sort of like capitalist sense, because the new moon is not about producing in that way. The new moon is about, well, the moon cycle, I should say, is not about producing so that you can prove that you have some value to somebody else or something. It's like, what do you actually want with your life and what matters to you? The lunar cycle helps us to step away from the capitalist shit and, again, focus on what actually matters in our lives. Like what does – and if producing something, you know, like maybe it's a new moon in your 10th house of career. And so maybe this lunar cycle is actually for you about accomplishing something at work, and that's totally fine. But if it's a new moon in your – first house and you really just want to feel better about yourself and work on yourself for nobody's benefit except for yours, that's also fucking cool. So it's not about, oh, these are my New Year's resolutions and goals. No, fuck that. I mean, unless that's really what you're into, but like, let's try to reframe this, reshape it, restructure it to say, This is about shit that can actually change your life from an inner perspective. And we're not trying to commodify things. We are not trying to prove that you have some sort of value. This This is just for you, babes. So at the new moon, the moon is at her darkest, right? She's not taking in any light from the sun because she is 
she's hanging out with the sun. She's in the same sign as the sun at the same degree. And they are like face to face hanging out. And when it's the darkest, like just when we have all the lights off in the house, we don't run forward with things. We walk pretty slow. We take it one step at a time. We kind of, you know, tune into that inner voice that's saying like, oh, don't forget about that thing that's right in front of you. You're going to step into it, like walk this way. You're not yeah, you're not, you're just not rushing forward. Things aren't as clear as they could be. So while we are looking ahead and thinking about what we want out of the coming cycle, this is not my preferred time to actually take any action on those intentions, but rather just a time when I try to leave myself open to any kind of messages that want to come through or whatever subtle senses might be pinging in that darkness. So really just a time of like listening, opening yourself up, taking in what's on offer and don't worry about the action that can happen later. And I've, I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, but this is also why the lunar cycle is so forgiving because it's like you don't need to really rush into anything. There will be a period in the lunar cycle that is more about taking action But like if you miss the new moon because it's 3 a.m. and you want to be sleeping, great. Don't worry about it. You have time. It's all good. All right, let's move on to the waxing crescent. So this is as the moon is starting to take on some light from the sun. It's beginning to reflect the light of the sun. And this is when I choose to put my intentions into place for the coming cycle. And sometimes That literally just means writing them down so that they are in a more tangible form. They're out of my head and they're into the world. But sometimes that also means taking an actual step forward in a certain direction. And it could be as simple as, all right, well, I, for this cycle, wanted to, okay, this is so basic, but this is what we're going to do. For this coming cycle, I want to have a party. So my first step is to figure out the date of the party and to start putting together an an invite list. And that's it. Maybe you might want to reach out to a couple people and say like, hey, can you help me out with this thing? Or, um, hey, is this venue available? Whatever. You're just sort of starting to plant those seeds, getting the soil, you know, all Fuck gardening metaphors. I can't do it with the gardening metaphors. Maybe I'll have to ask Tyler how this would all translate because he's the gardener in the house, but no, we're not going to do that. So you're taking the first steps, whatever that looks like for your intention. Maybe you just want to read more. Read the first page of a book. That's it. Okay. We're just thinking about what we want to grow because things are Like the energy is increasing as the moon starts to take on more light. So things in our lives are beginning to take shape as well. But like it's hardly a full light, right? Like it's really just the beginning phases. So let's move on to the first quarter. The first quarter phase is when pretty much half of the moon is lit up. And you'll know that it's the first quarter because the light will be on the right side of the moon and you will know it's the waxing crescent. So uh, at the beginning of the cycle, the moon starts to take on light on the right side. Okay. So the first quarter, this is a square aspect. And I know if you've been listening, you've heard me talk about square aspects and how they represent some sort of adjustment or decision that needs to be made. It is like coming to a four-way stop and having to wait for people to make their moves in the right order. It's a point of obstacles and 
kind of a crisis and a bit of tension, but they are surmountable obstacles. And if they're not, then it's our chance to kind of go back to the drawing board and be like, all right, is it really worth our energy and effort to figure out a way past this obstacle? Or do we need to kind of like leave this behind so that we can move forward, right? So it's it's a square between the sun and the moon. There's a bit of a give and take. We have to let something go. Then we can move forward. Things are coming to a head, but there is a path forward. We just have to find it. And the energy is building, right? Like throughout the waxing phase of the moon, which is new moon to the full moon, energy is building, excitement is building. We can be optimistic about things. And when we know what avenue our energy and efforts will be best put to use, then we can go like full throttle. And if we have not been able to take any action on our new moon intention, then this will really be the part that's kind of like, do it or I guess wait till next month. You know, like this is kind of the point where it's like, we, we got to go. Okay, shit or get off the pot is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Then we hit the waxing gibbous phase. So this is when the moon is almost full. It's getting very close to that full point, but not quite. And so it is a, it's a period of really fast growth. Like we might feel very busy with planning and getting things into place. So this would be like kind of getting the, the final things together for that party that we were planning. I guess the first quarter might have been like, all right, well, shit, we thought we had the, I don't know, the caterer, because <laughs> apparently this is a real fancy party. We thought we had the caterer. Is this saying something about me that I think catering is super fancy? Like I would just have a potluck. Anyways. We thought we had a caterer on lock. They canceled. We have to figure out, okay, are we going to look for another caterer or are we going to shift into a potluck kind of thing? That's a first quarter crisis. The waxing gibbous, there's a lot of like final touches we're putting into place. A lot of um, we're talking to this person. We're talking to that person. We're getting the playlists ready. We are uh, cleaning the house or making sure that the event space, again, (laughs) fancy. I wonder what this party is. I guess it could be anything. I'm planning it. Um, We're getting all of those things into place and we're probably feeling like we are stretching ourselves quite a bit to accomplish whatever this thing is, but it's really in the spirit of expansion and of growth. And at some point it might feel overstretching. We may have overstretched ourselves, but it's all very exciting as we work towards whatever intentions we have put into place. Like the energy is so big and like, you know, things are really coming into focus as the moon is nearly full of light. So we might still need to seek some clarity from outside of ourselves just because we don't have the full, full picture yet, but things are really really um, clicking into place here. And then we hit the full moon and it's like, it's the main event. Like the full moon is the party. And this is a time of full illumination and full insight. The moon is at peak brightness. And so it's light is capable of revealing something to us. This is a moment of clarity. You know, we can see the results of our efforts. Things have taken full shape. 
But we can also see where we might have come up short or ways in which we could have done something a little differently. You know, illumination doesn't always equate to happiness or perfection, right? But it does provide the clarity that we need in order to move forward in the most authentic and effective way possible. Now, everybody has has planned their fancy party. And then the day of, it's like, well, this thing kind of didn't come into place, but you know, maybe we could have done this to help it get there. Maybe we could have done it this way. Oh, well, this is where we're at. What can we still celebrate? What can we still be proud of, right? Because this also is a point of celebration and excitement. We are celebrating the progress that we've made. And the full moon tends to be when emotions and feelings are pretty intensified, pretty um, exaggerated, but I don't mean in like, a, oh my God, you're overreacting, but it's just like, it's really brought to the surface and it feels way more intense than ever before. And that can be a really great thing because we're celebrating, right? Like I just said, we're celebrating that progress. And so that can, that can be a pretty high, high to be celebrating something like that. But I think that the full moon is also a time when we might experience a heightened sense of fear or anxiety that, oh my God, we're, we're doing it right now. What are we doing? Oh my God, I can't believe I had this party. All eyes are on me and the catering is shit or whatever. Something probably way more um, impactful than that. But like, oh my God, we're actually doing it. Can I, can I sustain any of this? Or, oh my God, I didn't pull it off or it didn't happen in the way that I wanted to. It is an opposition between the sun and the moon. So the sun is in one sign, the moon is in the other sign. And that's why it's taking on the full light from the sun. And so in that, within that opposition, there does feel like there is something at odds, right? Or that, you know, because th- that part of the chart had been so dark before, for a lot of the cycle, right? And then all of a sudden there's so much light shining on it and it's like all of a sudden super visible and visibility can be really can be really vulnerable. So there is a specific pressure I think that comes from the full moon and not all of them are going to be super enjoyable, but not all of them are going to be terrifying either. I know that there is a lot of a lot of talk about, you know, from people like nurses or cops, but also ACAB that say that things get crazy around the full moon. There's like more cases, like people are doing wild shit. It is one of those stereotypical things that we see dogs howling at the full moon. Like it's just things are reaching a fever pitch, but it can be really exciting. And then we hit the waning gibbous moon. So the light being reflected by the moon is beginning to fade at this point. But it's still pretty full. There's still a lot of light there. And so even though we are in the waning uh, period of the lunar cycle as, as the light begins to fade, there are still a lot of energetic remnants from the peak of the full moon. And some people might experience that as a bit like a hangover from the full moon. And, you know, certain full moons will hit much harder for different people. It really depends on where it's happening in your chart, what other planets are involved, so many different factors that, you know, one full moon in Aries is never going to be like the other or the next full moon in Aries. And so sometimes, yeah, it can feel like a bit of a, a come down 
it's a little exhausting, but at other times it's like, oh, we, we were so, we were so filled up by what happened at the full moon that we still have this energy to use towards the intentions, but it's just being manifested a little bit differently now. It's a little calmer. It's a little more stable. We have the experience of the full moon under our belts and we are moving from that place of learned experience and of wisdom in that area, right? Even if our intention didn't go the way that we had wanted it to go, we learned something no matter what because we lived through it. And the waning gibbous is sometimes also known as the disseminating period or the disseminating phase of the lunar cycle. And to me, that's really about sharing what we've learned or talking with others about their experience, right? But also wanting to impart some kind of wisdom on others. It just feels like we are spreading a message of sorts or discussing what has happened. Like maybe that energy is like coming up and out in those ways. It could also be like if we're going back to this party thing, it could be the cleanup. It could be the hangover. Um, it could be sharing stories like the next day at brunch. You're like, oh, my God, did you see when so-and-so did this? Um, talking about what you might do differently for the next big event. But there is something in there about like taking that experience and soaking it in, absorbing it. And I think maybe there's even a piece about showing some gratitude for all that has come your way so far in the cycle. And I think it's because we're still so filled with hopefully that abundance and that joy that we were experiencing during the full moon that it's a good time to share it. It's a good time to pay it forward, to include others in that way. And then we hit the last quarter, and this is another square between the sun and the moon. And it's kind of like the what now phase, right? Like we did the thing, now what? Or maybe we didn't do the thing and we're kind of wondering what obstacles might still be in our way from really doing the thing. It is another crisis point where some kind of adjustment is needed. And whether that's fully integrating whatever changes or intentions have manifested or figuring out what went wrong, why we didn't end up on the path we set out looking for and deciding like, does that honestly, do we honestly still even want those things or would we prefer to take a different direction? And even if you did do the thing, you can also be like, I don't know that I want this anymore. And that's okay too. But yeah, we're really focused on, all right, well, what comes next? And what do I need to, again, it's kind of like a release point. What am I leaving behind to keep moving forward? Or what needs to give so that I can take? Or what can I take so that this can give or whatever? And then we head into the final phase, the waning crescent, sometimes also known as the balsamic, although I will say some people separate the waning crescent and the balsamic and they'll call them two different things. Or some people say the waning crescent and then the dark moon. I kind of just like to stick to my eight phases. And so the waning crescent to me is also the balsamic, the dark moon. Uh, well, actually, I would probably call the new moon the dark moon as well. So anyways, but waning crescent, sometimes known as the balsamic. This is very much a period of rest and reflection. The light is almost gone from the moon. So our energy is naturally lower. We're really working towards wrapping things up. This is another point of getting quiet, 
so we can hear those subtler messages that are coming through. What did we learn from this past cycle? What can we take with us into the next thing? And what have we neglected to leave behind at that last quarter, but now we're really ready to let it go? And I do kind of see this as a composting phase, right? Because whatever we did learn in this lunar cycle is always going to come with us in some way, but it will take on a different form. And sometimes that only form is that it's a piece of experience that we have, but we don't need to hold it and carry it. It doesn't need to be a priority. It doesn't need to be front of mind or front of heart. It can really just be in our bodies somewhere making the foundation more ripe and more fecund for what's about to come next. And I, you know, if there are any loose ends, like if we're really looking at this as a project style thing, going back to the party, this could be when you're writing some thank you notes or you're finalizing that bill for the caterer. It is really like the final time to really wrap up those loose ends and really bid adieu to this lunar cycle. And then we're back to the new moon and back to the beginning of the cycle. And while I do see uh, why people sometimes put an extra phase kind of in between the waning crescent and the new moon, I just kind of like to think of my new moon as also the dark moon and not really fully leaping into action right away. I hope that makes sense. Obviously, I'll post about this on Instagram and you can definitely hit me up with any questions or let me know why you use a ninth uh, phase in the cycle or why you don't or um, maybe you use a different approach altogether, which I would love to know about. So now I do want to talk about some tarot cards that I kind of associate with the lunar cycle. The High Priestess is technically the card connected to the moon. And I'm cool with that in like the larger sense of things. But I do want to say that I don't think that this reflects the moon phases. So it doesn't, yes, it reflects the moon maybe as like an archetype, but it doesn't take into account the fluctuate. Well, I shouldn't even say that. It just doesn't fully reflect the moon phases. I think there are other cards that we could assign to different parts of the moon phase or different parts of the lunar cycle, and we'll get there. But I think the high priestess does really match up with the larger lesson of the moon and of lunar rhythms. Because for me, the high priestess says, you are enough. And that's also what the lunar cycle really tells me every time I really tap into it. Moving at your pace, at your speed, within your rhythms is enough. And that's kind of like that connection I was making earlier with fuck the capitalist idea of let's set these goals, let's set these, uh, like, let's move for these accomplishments. Nah, you are enough. Your internal rhythms and messages are the only guide you really need. We have permission to trust ourselves. Now, I know that our brains can be really loud about shit that's not true. Like, are we experiencing it? Is it real? Yes. Is it true? Not always. And so I know that some people have 
a really tricky time tapping in with intuition. And people includes me. Hi, hello. I have problems with it all the fucking time. I struggle trusting myself all the time. But what I can tell you is that when I do, life is so much better. <laughs> like, just it's it's immeasurable how much better life gets when I trust myself. And I think part of that is saying no thank you to the shitty part of my brain that, yes, is trying to protect me and preserve my life, but is also keeping me from moving forward and from trying things and from being brave and from like trusting that I can do this. Like, I'm going to give maybe a strange example, but I was trying to learn this move while roller skating and my brain kept telling me like, you are going to fuck up your footwork and you're going to fall and you're going to bash your face. But every time I just like listened to the excitement in my gut that was like, nah, girl, you got this and you've done it before and you're like, you're going to do it again and you know how to do this. You can do this. Every time I listened to that over my brain, I pretty much nailed it every single time. Did I screw it up sometimes? Of course. Like listening to intuition is not foolproof. Nothing is foolproof. But I would say that nine times out of 10, I did it. Whereas when listening to my brain, that was basically like, you should pack it up. You're almost 35. What are you doing on roller skates? You're going to kill yourself. I would get it like one out of 10. So I'm sure you can connect that with something in your life where your, your brain, the thing that genuinely does want to protect and preserve your life, has kept you from achieving something that made your life so much fucking better. So the high priestess really does connect to intuition, though, which I know, again, is tricky for a lot of people. Maybe we think we're not intuitive at all, which, sorry to burst your bubble, but you are. We're all, and you could call it instinct, but we're all born with something inside of us that's guiding us. Okay, and if intuition is too woo-woo, fine. I doubt anybody listening to this thinks intuition is too woo-woo, but maybe. Or some of us think maybe we're not intuitive enough. I think that all the time about myself. Uh, but intuition takes practice. That's the bottom line. Like I think there's something ever changing about intuition, just like there's something ever changing about our perception of the moon, right? Uh, the moon is actually always the same luminary body, right? But it holds and reflects the light of the sun or the way that it's holding and reflecting the light of the sun is in constant flux. And so are we as humans. We are constantly changing our feelings about things. We are constantly changing up the way we want to do things. Some, some of us more than others, and that's fine. But I mean, our moods change throughout the day. And it could be based on a simple thing like hunger or a conversation that you have with somebody. But we are constantly in flux. And so I think the, the high priestess and intuition also have to reflect that. And I think it is mirrored in our own intuitive processes. And maybe this is a path. I'm exploring this for the first time. So anybody else out there that struggles with their intuition and their intuitive processes, maybe let me know if this resonates. But like maybe our intuitive voice is always there, but we have to find different pathways to it. You know, like as we grow and change as humans, maybe our pathway to intuition is not the same as it was five years ago, a year ago, a month ago. Maybe tarot worked really well for you, but it's not, it's not hitting that thing for you. So maybe you got to try meditation or 
Maybe you got to do a pendulum board or whatever it might be, right? We're finding different pathways to get to that inner space. Or maybe we have to work on trusting that inner space, even when it seems like it's in flux. And how could it be changing? Like, what do you mean? Like, now that makes me flaky. Or how can I trust when it's always changing and trying to find some trust within that fluctuation? But I think like bottom line, it's okay that we fluctuate and move with the energy that's around us. And I think all of that begins to feel a little bit safer and more easeful the more that we do connect in with that intuitive voice. Maybe. That's something I'm playing around with. Let me know what you think. But I think the biggest thing for me, the connection between the high priestess and the moon that really like just jumps out and really speaks loudly to me is this idea that you are enough. You got this. You can listen to yourself. You can trust yourself. You are your own. You are your own everything. Okay. And I really would connect that the most to the new moon phase. You know, this idea of like getting quiet, letting messages come through, being open to whatever, you know, being open to whatever's trying to come through your channel. And because I do see the high priestess as being quite a quiet time, quote unquote, in life, or asking us to just take some some quiet time and be with ourselves, whether that is through meditation or a walk outside or listening to music, like everybody's going to get there differently. But that to me is the new moon, being open, listening to the voice, trusting. Then that waxing crescent phase to me would be the fool, right? Because we're ready to take that first step. We're ready to take that first leap into the unknown to just go for it, start that fresh new beginning with the fool. Then at the first quarter, that first kind of crisis point where we're figuring out, okay, well, if I really want to move forward with this intention, this might need to be left behind. I see the chariot coming up because the chariot really to me is like, all right, we've made it this far and we're doing all right. But to move any further, we really have to take stock and figure out what can come with us and what can take us forward. And the chariot is, of course, associated with cancer. And sometimes I see this as like, well, we got to shed this shell in order to move on and find the next better shell. I legit don't know if crabs change shells, but that's the imagery that comes to mind for me. So we're at that precipice. we got to figure out what's next because the chariot kind of ends this part of the major arcana. And so before we can move into the next part of the major arcana, we decide what's coming and what's not coming. What's coming and what's not coming is, you guys get it. You get it. Okay. So then we hit the waxing gibbous. And to me, this really speaks to, or this really connects with the empress and wheel of fortune. Because there's something really full and fertile and, you know, expansive that I think both of those cards kind of together really represent. Like the Empress just feels like this full and fertile energy. And we're really just creating, creating, creating. And then there's also the Wheel of Fortune that, among many other things, feels very expansive for me. It is connected with Jupiter. And so it feels abundant. It feels like possibilities are endless. Then we hit the full moon. And Keep it simple. I think this connects to the sun and the moon. 
the sun because it's a point of clarity. Things are fully visible. We have come out of the darkness and into the light and we see things for what they are. Again, not always happiness, but we're not always super positive, but it's clear, it's honest, it's the truth. But then there's also the moon, which to me is so much about mystery and kind of just like floating in the void. And there is a little bit of confusion and unknown that comes with the moon. And that's, I think, where the energies are are peaked and things feel weird and a little bit off. And we kind of just have to ride the wave while it's here. And then we get to the waning gibbous phase. And to me, this is the magician and the world. The world, because I see that card as a point of reflection, looking back and having gratitude and trying to like pause where we are and not rush past things uh, into the next thing. Like just because we did the party at the new moon or at the full moon doesn't mean that we have to now rush into the next phase of things. We can really sit with this moment and um, enjoy the kind of fruits of the labor or whatever. And I see the magician here because we are also sharing and disseminating information about our experiences and letting things come through. I think a lot of people might put the magician earlier in the cycle, and I could definitely see the case for that as well. But the magician to me is about um, whatever is meant to come through is going to come through, and you basically just need to open your voice or open your channel or put that pen to paper or whatever it is and let it come out. And it kind of feels like the sharing of of the gifts or the experience or of the information. So then we hit that last quarter phase and I see this connecting with judgment. It's this moment of kind of understanding and acceptance with a little bit of review um, and taking responsibility for certain things. Um, I think it really encourages us to Think about the point of view or stance that we're taking around something and consider whether or not it needs restructuring. So, you know, that what now, that final kind of crisis before the world is judgment, right? It's like the final integration, the final reckoning of this is what has happened during this journey and this is what I, you know, think the kind of final reckoning of, well, this is what has happened during this journey and I am taking it, I'm learning to accept whatever was brought my way. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I think my last quarter card needs a little bit of work. So definitely hit me up and let me know what you would put in the last quarter. Or maybe I just need to flesh out my ideas around judgment more. It's the first one that came came to me. I went with it. Moving on though, Finally, we have the waning crescent or the balsamic phase. And to me, this is connecting with the hermit and the star. The hermit, because we're kind of, you know, we're we're moving inwards. We're going into a more internal space, a quieter period of time. Uh, but the star for its connections and its symbolism around rest and rejuvenation and really restoring whatever needs that restoring before we begin again. So those are my kind of quick and dirty, kind of semi-deep dive. I don't know. Those are my thoughts on the lunar cycle. I'm sure we could do an episode on each of the phases and go really deep with some cards. And, um, you know, you can also apply all of the 
moon phases in the lunar cycle to your own chart and your own self and your own understanding of what your moon sign means. Because, of course, just as we were all born during a certain time of the year and time of the month, that means that we were born during a particular time in the lunar cycle, right? So, you know, some people will be born at that new moon and they'll probably be very great at starting new projects or maybe they're really great at tapping in with intuition. Then we were going to then, you know, we'll have people that are born at the first quarter that are really great at taking action at, at things and, and figuring out what needs to go and what can come and what can shift this way and what can move that way and how we move. Like they're probably very their mind probably works in that way of being able to make the decisions and take the actions. And then we'll have people that are born, you know, at the waning crescent, at the very balsamic, at the end, the balsamic moon that that can really understand and acknowledge the need for rest and recharging and rejuvenation and everything in between. So you can really apply this to your own chart and that can add just another layer of understanding to things and, you know, how, yeah, so let's say you have a moon in cancer, but if you have a new moon in Cancer versus a full moon in Cancer, the energy is going to be reflected a little bit differently. So something to think about. And I'd love to know your thoughts on my connections with the tarot cards or your, you know, if you approach the lunar cycle a little bit differently, something I missed, um, something you're confused about. I want to hear all of it. So you can find me on Instagram at damnfinewitch. I will definitely be posting about this episode and come share your feedback, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. I want it all. And thank you again for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I can see that people are downloading the show and it's really exciting. So thank you. I, I really appreciate you being here and showing your support in, in that way. And if you share the show with somebody you know that you think might also really love it or benefit from it, that would be awesome too. But just for being here, you are amazing. So I will see you next time. But until then, I'll catch you in the cosmos. Check me out on Instagram at Dom, at Dom, at Dom Fine Witch. That's from all the catering at my party. I just got so fancy.